Good morning and festive vibes to each and every one of you out there in podcast land. Today, I'm not going to dwell on what could have been. Rather, I'm going to focus on what can be. Have a fantastically focused fun day, everybody. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. We are powered by the crude life. It is Friday night. Boom, 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 boom. Episode 120. Woohoo! You like how we just kind of threw the days out and uh, we were just sudden, waiting for 120 to come up, man. Well, my goal was to get 120 done by Friday. I was hoping to get it done by Friday morning in the morning show, but hey. You know what? Sometimes four hours till midnight. We got this. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, of, we should be able to put a show together in four hours. Couple right? of socialites like us on a Friday <laughs> night having coffee on July Fourth weekend. <laughs> on July Fourth weekend, getting ready for the big time. And we do have plans. We got some big plans this Sunday. How are your kids doing, by the way? I haven't seen either of them in about a week and a half, and they're still. And we're living in the same house, man. Uh, Understand from the text messages, the textual messages that I got from you. You have not been home yet, and uh, you. I, I learned a new phrase: FML. Did you look it up? I well, I figured it out. I figured it out. Yes, I FML. You had one of those days. Fudge my life. Weeks, huh? Yeah, it was one of those. It was yeah, it was a, it was the longest day that turned out to be a week, man. Well, I didn't think it was Frank Zappa. No, no, that, I should have though. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been one of those weeks for sure. You've so, been balls to the wall. Well, yeah, we've got interviews we've got to put up. So, basically, this week, I've been taking advantage of that, putting up three, at least three a day. Yeah. Uh, you know, fresh content in the morning for people. Well, because at the end of the day, remember, we're still trying to do a morning show every single day. You know, I mean, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. You well, like, just sometimes those days are separated <laughs> by a week or so. <laughs> Right, it's kind of like when you get the large. It's yeah. just, it's, it's now it's a seventy-two ounce, and it's a sixty-eight. You know, it just keeps adding. And, and it's every day, every other week. So we're good. So anyway, we're going to be back to normal soon. But it's summer, you know, and I, you know, we still got quite a few interviews we got to get caught up on. I mean, there's um. Well, and really, that's what I mean. That's the content, right? All this stuff we're doing. This is just decoration. It's the interviews that you know. That's the content yeah, that drives like the this. conversation. Well, yeah, people like this. Yeah, we're getting know? emails now. Yeah, you saw that stack, <laughs> like, huh? Like nice ones. Yeah, it, I like that you print them out. It's like well, you got to put know, gold yeah. stars on them well, or something. Well, and then the, you saw the uh, leadership ones, so yep. we got those and yep. uh, got to redact some of the names out of those and take a Sharpie because uh, we're getting ready to read some of those. Well, we keep talking about doing a leadership series, but I think the problem is we're still looking for the leadership part. Did you read that one on Michael Scott? Yes. The Michael Scott leadership about how... This this individual's up just had it with the Michael Scotts out there. Where <laughs> see what a lot of people don't know about Michael Scott is from The Office. Okay, mm-hmm. the the character from The Office yep. was constantly imitating other people. Right. Well, he was making fun of people that do that. Well, that ushered in for some reason like this whole le- acceptance of a leadership style like that. Yeah. 
and that leadership style currently is out there. And it, it, yeah, you really like it's like the whole Homer Simpson talk we've had, where you know we loved Homer Simpson, but then we turned into Homer Simpson. Totally. So kudos to the email that uh, sent a studio yeah. at thecrudelife.com for understanding the different leadership styles that are existing out there right now. Yeah, and, nice reference. Uh, yeah, the Michael Scott leadership, and it's true. It is true that they're. You know, what he's doing is Michael Scott's actually making fun of people who are unoriginal. Yep. And so when you think about that, I mean, we strive to be original at The Crude Life. We strive so hard. In fact, that, Maybe that, too hard, that intro you hear every morning, that intro that, you know, let's start the yeah, day off, let's right? let's get going. That, that's originally written by me every yeah. day. I don't know how you do that, man. Because I want to. Well, I mean, I, I know, but Because it's I like, want to. Sometimes it takes me a half an hour. I was going to say, you must... I'd be spending, like, days on each one. Well, I'll, I, I will be honest. There are days where it has taken me a half an hour, but there's others where I don't even write it. You just with it. I just... I wing it and go because it's, it's that inspiring of a day, but... It, for me, I want to have that positive step in the day. Yeah, and if you so, if you listen, a lot of times it's just it's it's a reflection on me saying this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, you're psyching I, yourself up, and then man. I challenge you to do the same <laughs> type of a thing. But yeah, so hey, I got kind of a fun story for you, actually. Let's hear it. I haven't seen you in a couple of days. So, uh, do you remember the program? Program. With the e. night, the night show that I used to do for the local no, radio no, station show. KFGO, KFGO, where we actually beat the uh, basketball, the the basketball team, the local Timberwolves basketball team in the ratings, which isn't you saying beat much. Them in yeah, the, we did. Nice. Yeah. That's that's when people, that's like Anchorman level awesome right well, there. Well, what we did see this is why it was it was a big deal. Okay, was because I got brought in to do a night show on AM radio. Wow. Okay, I mean that is like you the bottom that? of the barrel to start oh. off with whatever, but. <laughs> It's valuable real estate. Heck yeah. Because there's a lot of people listening. Yeah. Because the terminally the, unemployable, drunks, college students that are stoned and can't find their way back to their room. Exactly. <laughs> we had them all. We, we, we had them all, man. So, but, you know, really, there, there are quite a few people, obviously, that because the the Minnesota Vikings games, yeah. the Minnesota Twins games. We like our sports. Uh, what here. else do we have? Oh, hockey's huge. Oh, hockey. Oh, yeah. people love hockey yeah. up here. The fighting whatever they are now. They used to be the Sioux. Right. And uh, then and then who are they fighting Sam now? got mad. Yeah, right. And then <laughs> they changed the Hawks. The fighting the Hawks. Hawks. That's yeah. what they Which are, is the a cool Hawks. name too. Until no, we no, figured it's out that it's Offending. So them. many people wrote off that uh, college when they changed from Fighting Sioux to Fighting Hawks. I got to say, the Fighting Sioux, I, right when I moved up here was when they were making that change. And My suggestion bomber, was S-U-E, Fighting Sioux. Mm-hmm. And you can go a lot of different directions because they're, they're a law school, mm-hmm. so you can do the lawyers, right. that angle. But I wanted to do the cows, like Sioux, like like. like Betsy right. Sue. Right, like Betsy right. Sue. Hey, we're, we're big into ag. Up we're, here, man. we're ag side of the state. So, uh, anywho, but. Um, we love our sports, and you got a lot of towns that are absolutely, totally committed. They go crazy when their basketball team's playing. So, that's what you're up against. And we would have those games on this radio station. Yep. So, it was, again, AM radio, but we wanted to find a show during the off season of the sports. Sports, sports, sports. Sports, sports. And so I pitched them music. Uh, you know, because my, here, here was my, my thought was this. 
you're not going to have a lot of people calling in a night show, okay? Not at that time. No, no there's, people are not going to be calling in, complaining about the president with their kid in the car on the way home from church. <laughs> It's not happening, right? No, so, maybe nowadays they So would. I would come with a little bit more long format interviews, and so I started with bringing in the arts and the entertainment people in in the mm-hmm. beginning. But to end it all the time, I would have a local band come by before they went and played at the bar. Nice. So they'd oh, come in. Sweet. It's like they're tuning up. Yeah, basically. they would come in and preview, you know, the, yeah. and, we, and we'd get national acts, actually. Yeah. Nice. Faster Pussycats coming through town. Really? Oh, totally. Yeah, Faster Pussycat. Oh, yeah, man. we'd have... Uh, kill, kill, kill. So, someone that ended up at the Halloween uh, Six soundtrack was on there. Uh, seasons Eight, I think, was her name. Okay, I think uh, I've heard of that. Season, no, Seasons After. Seasons After. Anyway, there was Damn. two. Okay, anyway, that's cool though, because then it's like they get a little bit of a promo right before they get to go and play. Yeah, right? but they, and then you got to know their personality a little yeah. bit too, this and that. So we had good, some good ratings. Anyways, after I left. Uh, Bob Harris did the show. Okay. okay? And Bob Harris... Uh, That's a familiar uh, name. Well, Bob Harris just passed from COVID. That's why. I, that's yeah, he, what I... He, he, local media after 40 right. years wow. of the Fargo-Mohard area, well, he passed from COVID. Well, he was the host of Nighttime Live. All right? Well, I'm getting ahead of myself here okay. because uh, my son, Otis, well, his mother is a professional singer, right? Right, yeah. And so uh, I was talking to the program director at the station, mm-hmm. and he's, he's talking about how they just haven't filled that role yet. I said, well, why don't you get Lori? Right. So I suggested my ex, and he's like, oh, I love that idea. So she might be the new host really? of the show that I created. Nice. That Bob Harris continued to, I mean, you got to realize Bob Harris was in his 50s interviewing, you know, young 20-year-olds. Right. And loving life. Yeah. Because that was his outlet, man. That was his 40 outlet. 40 years or so, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, Bob had actually a child with true autism, where he has to wear a helmet 24-7. Mm-hmm. And Lori was actually one of his caregivers for five years, too. Whoa. So we even got that full circle. Yeah. So I even told her, I said, you actually know Bob. Yeah, there's so a you history can, there. So you can actually tell stories about Bob Harris during Nighttime Live. Yeah. So anyway, I, I hope that That's works cool. out yeah. for her. So I wrote in my notes... LT to NT live, because I think that's kind of a little cute full circle. <laughs> uh, did you know that my pillow was one of our sponsors? Now, really? Did you know that? I you mentioned something and I <laughs> thought you were just lying. Man. No, so yeah, I got yeah. I'm so, <laughs> hey, they heard they heard the podcast. Mike Black Magic Man himself, Lindell. Word got to Mike Lindell himself <laughs> that Jason Spees. Slept outside of Fort Niobrara, Nebraska, <laughs> and he wants to make sure I never have another bad night of sleep again. Oh, that's great. So, um, have, yeah, you ever, have you ever had one of so them? So, his people, before? no, okay. they're, they're sending, and I, we've got one for you. Okay, man. Got one for you and your I wife as well. I have had the honor. Oh, really? Yep, yep. We, uh, we had some at the cabin, actually. You could, you know, you, you can get them at Walmart. You could you used to be able to get them at Costco and stuff like that. And they were like, what, 40, 50 bucks? It's worth paying for a pillow that actually works. Well, that's the thing is that I've, I talked to five people mm-hmm. that I know that have them. Okay. And it's cross section, you know, like somebody like you, for example. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Okay. But here, sleep here, is important. Yeah. Here <laughs> was the general sense what I heard was that number one, it was a noticeable better night of sleep yeah from your regular pillow just i mean extremely noticeable so not the best night ever no no exaggeration right. yeah 
but people are like oh yeah no it's 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 a great pillow it's a better sleep you know that sort of thing uh the other thing was that they hung on to it longer mm-hmm. that they were not buying new pillows as often yeah so the qualities there and of course with the crude life you know we're making our big announcement on july 4th down in Earhart, minnesota Woo-woo. that you know read reduce reuse repurpose reimagine yeah. you yeah. know we're, we're we're into the whole yeah you know all the energies are going to work together in order to make this thing work and fossil fuels are a big part of it and part of it is reusing and recycling this stuff yeah exactly you know like uh you know you talk about something like a straw or something like that you know we need to get to a place it doesn't matter if it's made out of plastic what matters is is it going to last because if it lasts we don't need to make as many right and you know you mentioned the straw so uh you know for me i i think a great lesson for people are straws that are made out of plants yeah, those are cool. So there's a great lesson to teach people on how, listen, we evolved away from the old McDonald's straws. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody remembers those. God, those, those were awesome with the they? yellow lime in, and they were big. Oh, and, you could twist them and oh, then yeah. pop them? Yep. Did yep. you ever do that? Oh, I used to twist put them, them in, in and then finger? flip them. We and used then, to play games. Yeah, yeah you'd yeah. flick them and poop. Make yep. the huge pop noise. Make a triangle oh. out of them and boom. You know, McDonald's really did shape my childhood oh, in so many ways. Absolutely. Okay, so the McRib obviously did. Yeah. The McRib. We where, remember when the McRib was new. Right. <laughs> and and to me, I didn't care for the McRib, nah. but it was forced on me. Really? So that's how it, well, yeah, because it was the best ever. It was called oh, this Oh, so and it was like a do it because all your friends think right. it's cool. The the green shake mm-hmm. made uh, my urine green. Yeah. So that shaped me to realize yeah. how that passes through like that. Okay. Yeah. There's some chemicals there. <laughs> that that tell you that that color had absolutely zero value. Your body's like, what the hell is this? Well, later in life, I was too drunk on St. Patrick's Day to notice, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's am what I, they're hoping am for, I man. green or is this just happy Well, to on St. Patrick's Day, you're trying to pee green. That's part <laughs> of the point. Is this puke or is this, is this pee? <laughs> Better not okay. to ask. Uh, well, then, you know, so even like just the the the, co- the cookies. Yep. Those. Uh, well, actually, remember the, the one, old the old pies. The oil. The oh, real gosh. fried apple pies oh. and yeah, they're fries. They're dark meat there chicken is nuggets. Not a better fry from a fast food place than McDonald's. No, and I've tried most. Of is them. it the beef taro? Yeah, which uh, farro farro taro I taro think. yeah T A R O I think so. It's like a it's like a uh, powder beef powder. Yeah, it's basically like goes in with the salt. Right, yeah. and and so hey, vegetarian vegans, McDonald's fries have beef powder in them, or at least they used to. I think they stopped, but I I'm oh, not did sure. They stop? Yeah, I think so, but I think it has come back in some fashion, or they found some sort of substitute. You know, like Impossible Beef Tallow. They probably. have the best Coke because they're they're extremely OCD about making sure their lines There's are always clean good syrup or putting crack in it or yeah. something. I, you know, if it is, I don't mind. Yeah. Dude, I grew up on living on chicken nugget meals. You know? Oh, totally. Sweet and sour sauce. Oh, so good. This is because we haven't eaten. <laughs> and the dollar menu, right? The dollar menu? I like the idea of the of the plant-based that sh- that straws. That fast food. Oh, yeah. Well, and the Happy Meal. Who doesn't have a dollar menu value meal because of that, actually? I miss the Happy Meals. Remember the cool toys they used to give you before oh, the they Happy realized meal you'd toys? choke on them? Totally. Yeah, the McDonald's-shaped yep. so much of my life. I Holy still smokes. have two of my Return of the Jedi mcdonald's glasses that you could buy you like you could buy them as a set you know back in the day this would have been like 1983 84 my folks bought a set i've got two left they're probably probably the most valuable thing in my house i do believe i have three of the smurfs really i do believe i have three of the smurf glasses. quick to ebay 
That's um, man, that was back when McDonald's really gave away some pretty good stuff. And they had some of the most fun and terribly unsafe playgrounds ever. Metal bars. I and know, I mean, did they? Just, oh yeah, remember that one that was grimace that you could get in and just shake it, but you could fall out. <laughs> Mayor McCheese crawl up that inside crawl that dude, up, but it was a jail. Yeah, yeah, it's a jail. <laughs> my mom. Why did my mom always love it when she's all go play in the hamburger? I'm eating. I forgot about the yeah. hang on to grimace and shake until you fall off. Giant spring. That's all it was. It was yeah. a big like cardboard cutout, but it was like. <laughs> Big plastic of Grimace. Yeah, I'm guessing there's probably... That must have been before a lot of the lawsuits came, right? Right, but before the coffee Before lawsuit? the coffee incident. Oh, well, right, the, the the board meeting at yeah. McDonald's after the coffee <laughs> lawsuit. Okay, we're getting rid of the playgrounds, right? Yeah. Okay, right. Yeah, those Tomorrow, are going to go, right? Yes. All right. Board them up. Get them, yep. shut them down. I wonder if we have a case. Thing. And oh, this information man. on McDonald's was brought to you by the Play Hard <laughs> section of The Crude Life. So we should prob- probably get back on, on focus here because I'm looking was at the clock. Was there some clocks. focus? Uh, We're probably not coming. really, but it is, you know. We're- <laughs> I'll tell you real quick about the my pillows that we have at the cabin. I want to say we've had them almost a decade. For real. For real. Now, granted, we're not living there full time, and but they clean easy. What I like about mine, actually, when I'm staying there is that, you know, you don't sweat on it. Like, it keeps your head cool. So, <clears throat> yep. Well, and they're not I'm, even paying me. I'm looking forward to uh, getting a tour of that factory, maybe because they did they did oh, offer it, dude. It's going to be like going to Willy Wonka, I man. Know, that's the first thing if, that popped into if my he head. He does the tour. Oh, Jesus! I asked. Be awesome. I asked. I said, "Is uh, Mr. Lindell yeah. going to be there?" And Papa they Mike. said, "Well, if you want him there, he'll give the tour personally." Oh. I said. That's the first thing I thought. It was like, I'm going to Willy Wonka. Yeah. And I'm going to enjoy the hell out of this, man. And I, what Maybe I, he'll what give I, you the factory. I did tell them, I said, if that's the case, I will bring someone with to be the paparazzi. Right. That was actually what I said, because I'm going, I need a camera person right. there. Well, you've got to be able to prove that that actually happened, man. Well, I do need to document my safety. Okay, so... <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, what else did I write down? Let's see. Tinder date. Let's see. Oh, she yeah? was not a fan of oil and gas. Really? Mm-hmm. You got to stop telling. You know, tell them you're like a coroner or uh, you, you work at a night cemetery or something. I don't know. You're a watchman. I, uh, listen, I'm not saying that she, she wasn't a... Uh, well, okay, because... First of all, they, they find out about the industrial forest, and they're just totally in love, right? Right. They're just, oh, environment and building forests and all this stuff. Who is a hippie? Well, then they find out about the crude life, and this woman was just so noticeably not impressed with Jason Spies. The waitress brought separate checks. Oh, wow. <laughs> <coughs> Well, that's how you know it's either a really good evening or it's over. She knew it was a date, and she brought separate checks. When she's making that kind of judgment, yeah, it's doomed, dude. So I figured I wrote that one down. That that sounds sounds like a pretty good one to write down. Let's see. That's part of the biblical bad date set, right? Oh, boy, right? uh, Well, lately, that's that's one of the better ones because it costs me less. I didn't have to pay as much. Well, I did have to pull out the. Well, if you're into women's rights, you know, Which I totally you are. get it. We can go Dutch, right? Yeah, or Amish or whatever. You know, let's see. Dwayne Ferris, he's going to be the work hard portion. So he's a Black Creek Canine Pipe Inspection. So nice. another canine, another canine pipe, pipe, pipe inspector. And um, it's a fascinating thing. Military man. brought him through. Yeah, he was in the military. Brought him through, and I wonder was he training with military dogs then too? He Love was. That. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> 
man, I got this frog in my throat. <clears throat> Must be a toad. Yeah, anyway, it sounds like but, a toad. So we talk about that as military as well as, you know, I bring up a few of these things, which is uh, yes. I, I believe that these canine pipeline inspectors, they should be hired as, as marketing. I mean, it, it just crosses. I mean, it checks a lot of boxes, right? I it's mean, just, from, it's just good PR. Yeah. Well, and it's dogs, right? So you can do videos, you can do Facebook posts, you can. It's dogs. Dog. It's gonna get out in the stream, right? Well, it just it blows my mind that these um, petroleum and oil and gas mm-hmm. councils and you know the. In the APIs, you know, right, whatever, yeah. state by Those state different lines. organizations. Yeah, yeah, whether it's API or whether yeah. it's Oklahoma Petroleum Alliance or Colorado, yeah. you know, this and that, doesn't matter. They were all saying the same thing, which is, oh, the environmentalists, all they do is they put a woman with a baby and then an oil derrick and rig in the background, right? right? Maybe some fire. Bring out the dog. Right. Exactly. Okay. Well, stop bitching about it and yeah. bring out the dog. Isn't it sad? Bring out, bring out the military dude. guy with the dog. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Check. <laughs> check. Check. Dude, right? it's kind of depressing that we're sitting here having leadership ideas that don't seem to be out there, man. I mean, that just seems like, come on, that's a no-brainer. That's like leaving money on the table. Well, it's just, it's so remarkable how. I mean, you can go back and listen on the crude life, folks. And a lot of the same people are having the same conversations about, oh, we got to tell our story better. We yeah. got to tell our story. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, then to do it. Well, I mean, do it. Stop getting up in front of the same people and saying we need to tell our story. This is like me Go when I have to... Go tell the story. Yeah, this is like me when I have to mow my lawn. I need to mow my lawn two days later. I look need at, to mow my lawn. Look at what we're doing going. tomorrow. We're going. Where, are we, where are we going? Earhart, Minnesota. Minnesota. In the Beautiful middle of downtown blue, blue country, oh, USA, man. there's going to be more Minneapolis, Minnesota people there. Tomorrow. Well, this weekend for sure. That's yeah. what I mean. It's yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I went and looked at their Facebook page. Uh-huh. They had like a thousand shares. Nice on on their little home, obviously homemade. Yeah, in, in GeoCities in, slash AOL dot X. <laughs> so, Something made this that looks like it was from, you know, uh, 1992, right? Sweet. I mean, it, it looked like it was... Um, did it, did it a, take like two minutes to load? It, <laughs> Remember when web pages used to take I, a I long do, time yes, to load? Yes, I do. It was a very good time. It was, yeah, it was, they were different so days. It, but it's one of these small towns where, you know, the parade brings in... It's 10. like 500 people in the town, I think, population. Is there that many? I, I don't even know. It might be three. All, all I know is this is probably their annual budget. This is well. This, this is, is revenue. This is, where the, this is where the money comes in. You know, all those towns where my parents live, Detroit Lakes, that whole area. This is this is where you make your bucks. Beer gardens, beer gardens, band from uh, tw- twelve to four. Twelve to four per- sounds like from yep. eleven. To- you had me at beer garden, and um, so we're going to be there with uh, you know, kind of. Uh, Are you going to be in the parade? I'm just. You're not going to tell me. Okay. I want a surprise on that one. <laughs> Total population, 148 people. 72 males, 700. Look at you Dude, that seems small, man. That's why I'm saying so. But there's going to be 10,000 people. Well, even Perm has like 3,000 people. Well, Perm has a factory. Yeah, many factories. Yeah, Two factories. And they supply the potato chips for the Minnesota Twins. Dude, those are such good chips. And the yummy the licorice. Yeah. Is that what they're? Well, they they do the they do the kettle ones, but they, they do the a bunch of the crispy yeah, ones. Yeah, oh, they like used to those. come in the plastic mm-hmm. jug. You yeah. can just feel your heart racing. 
Right. Extra greasy. (laughs) They're like the jolt of chips. (laughs) Twice the caffeine, twice the sugar of chips. If you absolutely need to boost your cholesterol. Oh, man. Just start spinning right there in the spot. Oh, um, you know the other thing I, I found funny about that Michael Scott email yeah. was the, the guy he said, this is a modern-day coattail rider. Boom. And that's true. Yeah. That's what it is. But anyway, sorry to just jump around there. No, I mean, that's what it really seems like in leadership positions. Like you're saying, we've got to change our, our message. We've got to change our story. Well, what is that going to be? You know, well, you have to go outside your network. Yeah. Well, that's why you got to think beyond not to toot our own horn, but that's why you reach out to these groups like us that are trying to have conversations. I think that's our slogan next year. Think beyond. Think beyond. That's what it's got to be. Yeah. Well, we we have to start thinking beyond what we normally think. Uh, What did I say two years ago? Ready for anything? Mm hmm. You know, what was this year? So I can't even remember what this year was. Reimagine or something. Like, I got to look at it again. Shoot, I don't even it's remember. It's like a John Lennon song over there, man. Well, so much of the last... We've been prophetic so so often. I mean, we even called the year of the pipeline before the Keystone Pipeline protest, the DAPL yeah. protest. I mean, well, I, knew, so. I remember we were talking to somebody back in show, like probably in the teens, right, that was talking about... And maybe maybe Ben Kramer uh, that was saying that, uh, don't think there's going to be any more pipelines built in this country. Any new ones. Well, that's more than Kevin Kramer saying that. Yeah. U.S. Senator Kramer. We've had a few guests yeah. saying that. Yeah. 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 And I know I know that that's been brought up. And yeah, it's just ridiculous, man. But Had somebody uh, talking about, in fact, uh, Dwayne Ferris, because we've already done the interview. We've mm-hmm. already recorded it. Uh, he talks about there were protesters in Minnesota where he just was. Yeah, I read something he, about he that He was today. up in Peef River. Yeah. What were they protesting? Enbridge. Okay. So, so it's happening, folks. Stuff is percolating. Tinder dates are getting separate checks. Dogs and cats fighting once again. Pandemonium. Whoa, boggy. So what do we got? We got news coming up next, right? Yeah, we do. And if you're in the local area, you got to come see us in Erhard, Minnesota. It's just about in the middle of nowhere, but it's beautiful. This was an interesting email we got, too. Uh, studio at thecrudelife.com from this business owner where he confronted his person on social media activity. And they said, this millennial said, that it is expected that 25% of their job is to be on social media. We're going to talk about that. What? Uh-huh. We're going to talk about that, plus much more when we come back on the Friday night edition of 120. Episode 120 of the Play Hard, Work Hard morning show of us getting finally back to our groove. How Jason got his groove back. No, she brought separate checks. (laughs) Hey, oh, mama, mine to the night. Hey, oh, mama, hey, laughing in northern town. Hey, oh, mama, mine to the night. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email hey, studio mama, at thecrudelife.com. Hey, oh, mama, hey, uh, the Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by American Directional Driller, especially designed for the American Directional Driller to measure bottom hole assembly equipment up to 40 feet. As of release, this product is unmatched in the marketplace. This heavy duty 40 foot tape measure has three measurement scales 
on an extra wide blade. Pick up this 40-foot tape measure at Amazon.com or be sure to check out their website, AmericanDirectionalDriller.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come it takes an industry to build a forest if you're interested in sustainable forests growing industry jobs check out the industrialforest.com that's the industrialforest.com play hard work hard now let's play hard she's got a smile that it seems to me reminds me of childhood memories where everything All right, welcome back to the Play Hard, Work Hard morning show here. What we're doing on a Friday night. Yeah, the pray, it's the evening morning show. So we can hit 120, episode 120, and get back to normal, another time machine edition here. Of course, Curious what normal is for us. Fresh interviews. Actually, we're getting our interviews in isolation put up. So these are interviews that a lot of them aired on the Play Hard, Work Hard morning show in the Work Hard segment, but now we're finally getting them up in isolation, so they're by themselves. you got to crack the whip on your social media team. I know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Isn't that true? What do they call that when you whip yourself with a pain stick? Absolution? Tuesday? I don't Tuesday, know. yeah. We call that Tuesday. So you were thinking that... Uh, you're more the Edward Norton character in Fight Club, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, it's the way the hair, you got the hair. If you could see this guy, he's got the hair, he's got, you know, he's got the build and he's standing there and we're talking. Thinking I do walk is, around without my shirt on You do lot. walk around without your shirt on thinking if this is a Tyler Durden situation, I'm definitely the Norton character here. Well, I, that's what I thought. Like yeah. you were the. And then, no, no, no. I mean, unless you like imagine it to be fun to be me which nobody does well i have the worst writers man yeah what, what was f f my life what was going on today oh dude today was just one of those days what man. happened it was one of those days where i was dealing with somebody who didn't want me to be in the house and a big old house so a lot to look at so you're gonna ghosts? be there for a while no well no but i got muddy i'm in a crawl space it uh. had, had crawl spaces it had attics multiple attics and basement spaces multiple attics yeah because it's been added on to 16 million times since the 30s or 40s you know it's oh. a really nice looking okay. place but i'm sitting there under the deck sweating trying to get the ancient screws out of this piece of plywood so I can take a look at yet another crawl space. I'm two and a half hours in on this job and I'm sitting there thinking, why the hell am I still doing this? Right. 
you know, quickly that's followed by a duh ass because that's how you make your monthly nut. But you know, that moment, have you ever just wanted to say, I want, you know, I wanted to quit and I'm, I'm my boss. (laughs) How do you quit when you are the company? Well, I suppose, you know, if you're the employee of the month, you also got to be the guy that quits to yourself. I'm the employee of the month and simultaneously the guy that's on write up. Have you ever just turned in a two week notice on yourself? (laughs) I have. And then turned around and said, I don't accept this. I have texted myself. (laughs) Yep, I have. I've told my wife I'm quitting. I'm moving to Mexico. You know, it's yeah, it's all come out. One year when I was doing the uh, Fargo Moorhead monthly magazine that is a mouthful i think we were called <laughs> there's like it was six, called fargo more in there okay well we you know we do, we used to do that right All right and so uh our first year i got a fax it was a facsimile is that Ooh, what they call them i was machine? gonna say a factual message a but factual. no it's what are those facsimile <laughs> uh yeah we got a fax you can prove anything with facts that, that's how we got uh press releases back in the day Bzz, was by da, fax. Da, 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 da. one little line at a time a few people would send emails mm-hmm. but they never you know they would get ignored because they were nerds well right and you had to figure out how to log names in names like then. ogbert ogbert no, my son is also named Bort. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Jim Murray was his name. He's passed. But Jim Murray, okay. uh, he was at one of those one-man show ad agencies. Really? Well, he sent out a uh, press release that he it was unanimous. <laughs> he is employee of the year. <laughs> so, I we did uh, it, it, That's a little, awesome. the little brief sport right, right in the yeah. beginning, you know, round town. Yeah. You know, we, we did that. News on the foot. A little paragraph about how, you know, we made sure the soul... See that? No, that's brilliant because that's either a great way to get just a little bit of something talked about, right? Get get your name out there, or I'm picturing this guy sitting in his office all alone, visualizing himself as a king on a throne, making pronouncements. No, he was more of the soupy sales looking guy. Sales guy. That, oh yeah. yeah, great. You know, that just looked like his hair came out of the wind tunnel. <laughs> Uh, who's, who's the guy in the Simpsons? Gil. Gil. He's, he was kind of that Gil kinda guy Gil, from the huh? Simpsons. Hey, who's going to sell a house yeah. today? Hey, guys, <laughs> let's get to it. You know, you love him guy, kind of a yeah, guy. Yeah, but he just always fails. Uh, the stray dog type, right? Right. So, um, right. Never hit a stray dog. But it was it was great because he had, he had quotes and everything. It was kind of it kind of read like an onion story, and, and it was it was pre onion, right? So it was just it was just magnificent. Well, it's so. good marketing if that's what he was doing. I just still picture him being like, yeah, he pictures himself as a business, and yeah, he was the damn employee of the year. That was better news than what we've gotten today. Yeah, man, news. I don't even want to yeah. read the news. What do we got in today's news? All right, so we got some news here talking about the fracking boom. Oh. Fracking boom. Fracking boom is over. How do they spell fracking? Uh, With one C and one K. There's a K. Okay. There's a K. Yeah. So the this is an opinion piece from technologyreview.com. Headline reads, the fracking boom is over. Where did all the jobs go? Hmm. From Technology Review. Technology Review. So oh, that's, this, that's MIT. Yes, this is MIT. And we've had oh. a couple of those, man. This is an opinion piece. Oh, it's from the MITs. This is by Colin Mack. You know, MIT is interesting because, they, you know, they're, they're pretty liberal. But at the same time, they do so much with the Department of Defense mm-hmm. that they, they, they can't. <laughs> well, I'd say a lot of it, like ideology-wise, is probably more like... Um, well... Noam Chomsky Functional Liberal Well that's Noam Chomsky Rational came Liberal out of there, right? Yeah, yeah Noam so Chomsky yeah. He's known 
kind of is a big liberal, but he's also known as like America's most intelligent man until yeah. he started challenging certain administrations, and then he got kind of blackballed a little bit. He sort of, well, he has sort of faded in and out of the conscious. It's not kind of like a Ralph. He, he took on the establishment there yeah. for a while. Back and, in the seventies um, and eighties, there was a uh, lot. Of that. and then, That's when I started reading his stuff. Was in the eighties, nineties. You know, I think it was near the end when he kind of took on the Clintons a little bit. Yep. That, that's when they started to kind of distance themselves. You know, the the mainstreams yeah. kind of distance themselves. And then when he took on Bush is when they really did. Well, you know, both parties will, you know, circle the wagons, right? When one of their own is attacked, you know, it's and that, that's kind of unfortunate because they, they... Can you admit that you're wrong when you make a mistake? Never. Right. Well, you should be a politician <laughs> then. <laughs> right. So, shale gas and oil extraction, also known as fracking, is often credited by conservatives with creating hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of U.S. manufacturing jobs. As the Saudi Arabia of natural gas, Pennsylvania has been the poster child for the fracking industry. But far fewer jobs were created there and in neighboring states like Ohio than boosters claim, and many have since vanished. So they go on to talk about Williamsport, Pennsylvania, a faded former lumber town between the uh, Where's this out of? foothills. This is... Pennsylvania? They're talking about Pennsylvania. Okay. Yep. It's the same stuff we're hearing on Fargo. Go ahead. Uh, let's see. During the 2016 presidential primary election, Republican hopeful Ted Cruz made a can stain oh. stop, campaign stop in Billtown, as locals affectionately call it. At the time, the area was quickly becoming a hub of shale gas extraction. After many local landowners leased their mineral estates to petroleum companies, drilling rigs cropped up outside of town. Caravans of water, sand trucks applied the back roads. One uh, oil giant, Halliburton, opened a massive facility that employed 600 people. So they had some success there. The advent of fracking offered the tantalizing prospect of returning Billtown and other de-industrialized communities to their manufacturing glory days. So they keep talking about millions and millions of high-paying jobs. I'm still waiting for this article to get to the point where it tells me where the jobs went. So by 2019, it was apparent that slowdown was a euphemism for bust. There were only 19 drilling rigs in the entire state by January of that year, down from 114 the same month of 2012. That's fewer rigs than Pennsylvania had before the fracking boom began. All right, so that paragraph says, by 2019, it was apparent that the slowdown was a euphemism for bust? Yeah, well, they're talking about how they only had 19 rigs in the entire state by January of 2019, and that was actually fewer than they had before the fracking boom began. Okay, so I'm paying attention, Ian, because that's very similar to what I was saying, that a a lot of the uh, 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 appointed officials are doing propaganda right now by talking about how COVID is what caused the slowdown. Right. It happened before. Yeah. And this article is pointing that out. This maybe just accelerated at COVID. COVID actually saved the industry. The more and more I think about it, COVID yeah, saved the industry. I could see that. Oh, because it paid it paid it's it's paid a lot of people. Yeah. And at the same time now it's creating dollars for abandoned wells. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to have an abandoned well story because I'm sure that is so all over the news now. I'm so convinced that is a way for the government to pay off the oil companies mm-hmm. to shut down. Yeah. Well, it's almost like uh, I'm serious. No, it is. It, it, it's, it, it's like a trick. Well, it's but it's also. Well, yeah, it's like you get uh, hired and your replacement. The guy that got fired is training you for right. two weeks. Yeah, right. it's like that, man. 
It's 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 a different deal. Yeah, it's a different deal because it depends on how it, you look at it. From it's it's the point of view, right? If you're the government, you're thinking here's a way to help keep these people employed on some level, but it just prolongs the string. Eventually, there's got to be no more abandoned wells. But what you just said is what's wrong. Hmm. The government has way too much control over the marketplace. Yeah, I'm saying that's what they want. I'm not saying that, it's but right. That's what they I'm have. That's what they, yeah. That's and, what they have. Yeah, well, they desire that control. That's why they have that they, kind of control. They control the marketplace right Absolutely. now. Yeah, but it's, you know, I mean, it, the government is also, the it's the ESG. I mean, this, uh, you know, getting people on the boards that are demanding that their companies yeah. do this. I mean, there's a... I don't know. It's a sort of a weird accelerated revolution taking place just in the last 18 months. So let's go back to the story then. Let's, yeah. So uh, what they're talking. So the false promises. Yeah. What's going false on? promises. So Bloomberg report oh, said boy. that the numbers never added up. Fracking has always been expensive. Extraordinarily generous fossil fuel subsidies helped hide the true cost. With new wells facing average production climbs of 60% in the first year, petroleum companies had to frantically drill more of them. Well, okay, so there's there's half truths. Yeah. Okay, so it is an opinion, that's for sure. Well, the frac the the generously fossil fuel subsidies help hide hide the true cost. That's not necessarily true. Okay, um, now that's true now. Okay, right. but it wasn't true before. Um, now the the new wells. I wonder facing if they mean local. You know, like you you have a lot of local areas. No, what Bloomberg likes to do, Bloomberg likes to think like a Canadian, okay? (laughs) How does a Canadian think? Well, the way a Canadian thinks, if you're a true Canadian, okay, Terry Edom, who's up in Calgary, the author of the, you know, let's Mm. end the fossil fuel madness. We've had on the show a couple times here. End of the fossil fuel insanity. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I should get the title right. It's Friday night, folks. It's no excuse. <laughs> Madness, insanity. It's uh, all crazy hard. to me, Can we man. Do that? Okay. Woo! What he says is the way that the government, the queen, is that they own everything and they give you back. Yeah. So um, they don't take, you know, a fifteen percent tax. They give you eighty percent mm-hmm. or eighty-five percent right. or whatever. So right. it's a different mindset. Yeah. Bloomberg is a lot like that when it comes to the oil and gas industry and certain certain there's a, blue and red yeah, and there's ideology things. behind driving that stuff. So what blue what I believe Bloomberg likes to do and I could be wrong on this there's certain ideal certain folk who like to say okay if their taxes go down from 10% to 5% that's a subsidy. Mm-hmm. And that's not a subsidy. That's a tax cut. Right. A subsidy is what these bro entrepreneurs have been getting all over Main Street USA so they can keep their businesses afloat without a profit. What the renewable industry's gotten for 20 years is subsidies mm-hmm. to inflate the market. And by the way, your government officials are telling you a marketplace exists based on inflated subsidies right now. That is asinine. So what's happening is we just did an infographic, okay? Boop. And it's available on our different social media pages, but we showed the number of bankruptcies. Texas has 50% of the bankruptcies since 2015, by the way. Okay? I doubt that. That doesn't surprise me at all. And the other part, and this is why I said by the end of the summer, there might be a bloodbath when it comes to different different bankruptcies and everything is because... Well, look, look what happened to us in North Dakota. Yeah. We didn't get any COVID money. No. 
And what was their what was the state's uh, advice? Go get debt. Yeah, basically, okay. go get a so, loan. So the money that was supposed to go to small businesses, you didn't give to small businesses. You gave to oil and gas companies. Or you okay. gave it to the banks who gave it to the oil and, and gas then, companies. And then from there, yeah. you actually are telling small businesses to go get debt when you are in control of the market now? Mm-hmm. Well, that's... The wreckage of the last year and a half financially, when we look at this in a you know in another eighteen months or something, it's it's going to be staggering. I think the number of small businesses that have that failed. Well, and that's because. the graphic, and I'm going to put the graphic up on on uh, the, the the website. But it's amazing the amount of debt that's out there right now. Oh yeah, in Texas and in New Mexico and these yeah. other places. So if these guys don't have their business go back to normal, because Keep in mind, that's why they went and took the debt out, mm-hmm. was because the government was going to get things back on track. Yeah. Boop. So if things don't get back on track, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Well, you know, jelly bean? Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, you're talking about you know the, what I the, mean, the, jelly bean. You're talking about the renewable that. subsidies, right? And you're talking about it's, it's, it's not a sustainable model. Right now, pumping money into that the way we do is kind of like trying to get fusion going, right? Well, well, you try to get it to go so that it can self-sustain. So you pour energy into it, but it costs more energy than what you get out of it. The self-sustain is, is where, where we're at now with the, ta- with the taxes and the shareholders and, and the revenues because what got me on this little tirade, mm-hmm. and this will get back to the news story here. Oh, eventually. Okay, is that line that you said about new wells facing an average production declines of 60% in the first year. Yeah. Okay, they didn't expect that. So they had to make up for those. So mm-hmm. they had to figure out ways to do Generate twice. revenue. Right, yep. exactly. Yeah. And so, so much of this was putting their finger in bubble gum in the dam. <laughs> well, yeah, it Seriously. really was. It's a duct tape fix. Totally. Yeah. And in the state, you know, in like states of North Dakota, they just gave them the money. Well, and it's to help out. It's a gamble. I mean, you talk about because basically you're trying to float yourself in the hopes that you get back to normal, right? Now I noticed gas today was almost three dollars a gallon up here, and typically we're lower than the national average, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just kind of curious, where are we going with this? Is it going up? Is it going down? I mean, I think we're going to start to see these weird surges. So. The oil and gas industry, I'm, I'm looking at the story. It says the oil and gas industry shed more than 100,000 jobs last year. And a report by Deloitte warned that about 70% of the jobs lost in 2020 may not come back. Yeah. Well, you're talking about just across oil and gas. That makes perfect sense. You got so many bankruptcies that have happened and you're going to have this that transition. There's that word again, right? So you're going to get people that are going to go out and do abandoned wells and things like that. But that doesn't include everybody that's in that normal stream, right? Boy, there's a lot more to this story, too. Holy smokes, yeah. man. What, what the heck? Boy, and there's another one, too. Yeah. This just keeps going. Well, it's an opinion piece. I mean, I, I for the most part, I see Oh, it's MIT, through. right? Yeah. Oh, that's why. Yeah, so it's about 6,000 words long. You know, there's no silver but, bullet that can revitalize the heartland, though it seems apparent that many interventions should be place rather than industry based. What's that? Well, that was fireworks. And I don't oh. know what's the difference. Right. Industry based or placed. I'm not even sure. I'm going to I'll read this later. See what's going on, because it, it looks like he's got some stuff in there, but there are some read between the lines type of things. I mean, well, that's what you get with an opinion piece. Yeah, but at least they're fair about it, you know. They're they're citing sources and where they're coming from, and 
you know, because, hey, guess what? Sometimes those uh, those uh, 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 petroleum councils, mm-hmm. they're, they're one-sided, too. Well, yeah. Sometimes, right? <laughs> well, they have an agenda, of course, man. And, and when you're a small business owner, you're not looking for that. You want, you want the facts. Yeah. You know, you, you want to figure out a way to navigate your well, life through a business. A lot of times you're a small business owner, whether you're an individual up to like 50 people and you're still a paycheck to paycheck kind totally. of existence. You know? Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's go to the next one. Yeah. Okay. Let's take a look here. Should we head over to New Mexico? So this is Carlsbad. Oh, back in New Mexico calls for climate action build from New Mexico as federal oil and gas report awaited. I hadn't heard about this, had you? So demands for the federal government to act on climate change. What was that headline? Uh, God, you got to make me read it again. Well, it sounds like it sounds like a preview, a pro, promo for a concert Calls or something. For climate action build from New Mexico as federal oil and gas report awaited. Yeah, is it's so, it is. It's a uh, it's a preview it story okay. tonight on something. So, so it's, an, it's an ad. All demands right. for federal government to act on climate change uh, rallied from New Mexico in anticipation of a federal report that could define how the federal government will proceed to allow oil and gas development on public land. Well, all that stuff sounds really serious. Yeah. In January, the U.S. Department of the Interior imposed a halt on new leases. We've talked about this. Uh, let's see. While well, the department conducted an agency-wide review of its regulations on operations. Or a federal judge in Louisiana, we talked about this as well, recently filed an injunction on the pause, but the DOI's report was still to be released this summer with many expecting it in June. Pretty sure June's over Is it now. the federal stuff they're waiting on? Yeah. Okay. So any revision to the federal oil and gas activities could have major implications for New Mexico as the state relies on industry revenue for more than a third of its budget, while more than half of the state's extraction operations occur on federal land, compared with neighboring Texas, where most oil production is on private land that would not be impacted by a federal policy. By the way, did you winners see... Winners and losers again. That's what we're picking. That, that's, that's all I heard was winners and losers. Yep. yep they're just... Yep. We're going More, to screw New Mexico to make us well, feel better. That's and, why I'm saying it's not. It's a. It's a. Pro, it's a promo. It's yeah. a. It's a promo of propaganda just to get people uh, to accept the winners and losers they're going to pick. Uh, say, did you see Mark Lindquist is going to run for the Congress in Minnesota? I did. So you know he's a friend of the program. I do. And this is interesting. Uh, I invited him to uh, out to a well. Oh, uh-huh. To a, and to meet some energy companies. Yeah. So what many people probably don't know about Mark J. Lindquist is uh, he was uh, an orphan. He was born in Korea, grew up in America, speaks perfect English, is a singer for many national anthems, including, I think I mentioned that, uh, NBC's game, right? you know, Sunday night kickoff game with the Colts. It's a renaissance man. And he did a lot of the UND fighting Sioux, fighting Hawks, hockey games. He's hockey. he's big ticket. Big he's tickets. big ticket. So we brought him out to the Bach and Barbecue in 2015. So he's actually the one who started the national anthem at the Bach and Barbecue. Really? Yeah. And also at the Williston Petroleum Conference. Okay. Well, he can sing it, so he's getting himself gigs right on. So... We, yeah, we brought him out. I think it was either to the Williston Basin Petroleum Conference or the annual meeting. One okay. of the two. I can't remember which one it was for the uh, North Dakota Petroleum Council. But, you know, you got, you got to understand. Do I? The, Do I really? Well. <laughs> I don't understand much, man. So, you know, sometimes 
your your best high school baseball player mm-hmm. can't even make it to the college ranks. Yeah. Oh yeah. It truly is the the point zero of the one percent type of thing, right? So when Mark Ledquist gets up there, that's Barry Bonds, dude. Boom. That's Bobby Bonilla. Right. Does he call his shot? He calls his to shot. Go out there, he points to the I outfield. Mean, he well, he's got that little. He's got one of those little Hummer things. Get himself. Oh, he's just, he's such a uh, pro. And he's so charismatic. So he reached out to the crude life. Yeah. uh, Because he knew energy was going to be a big issue. So just so the folks know out there, he is a Democrat. And he is going to be running, going right at the Republican. And he is a friend of the show. And I said, you've got more than a welcome voice here i said but you know you might get some people coming back at you he said bring it on yeah well you know hopefully he's not looking necessarily to like you know it's not like a street fight it's starting conversations right no he's kumbaya yeah, man no now i i think we he was could an actually... extra on hawaii 5 and lost okay i was gonna ask the original hawaii 5 because that was the only one i ever watched no but... the one with uh right with the guy uh, from scream the guys yeah promotions 11 dudes that's right yeah tweeter Tweeter, yeah, right from I, uh, I think so from Ocean Eleven, yeah, right. He was in Friday Night Football. Right? Oh, yeah. Now you lost me there. Who was Tweeter? I don't know, but you know what? I'd like to see. I'd like to see more Democrats on the side of oil and gas, or at least open to those conversations. And I'd like to see more Republicans on the side of let's figure out things for the environment. I think it's healthier when we've got a variety of opinion, you know, the problem, by the way, this common ground that we're going to, I don't think it's a common ground. What do you think it is? Well, I, I I think it's a little bit too far over to the planet of platitudes. Mm. These EV vehicles, they're not good. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't definitely don't. The more research I'm doing on this, the batteries, not only, have got minerals that need to be mined and, and are And most just, of them are going to come from places like China or Africa. But China has control of those minerals, yeah. too. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's almost like that um, America is just going to become like a, a kind of a service economy. Oh, yeah. I think we've been trending globe. that way since the 90s, man. Yeah. Really, we're an entertainment venue, a tourist destination, and, well, we're still a huge breadbasket for the world. I mean, we really are still a gigantic that is true. agricultural and meat. And, you yeah. know, I mean, we, we really do. But yeah, I mean, part of the problem, if you really want to go back into the deep weeds, is that after World War II, we were sitting on top of the world because half the world's economies were not even economies anymore. We had to build them back. That put us in the position where even though we were giving them a lot of money, the Marshall Plan, and we rebuilt Europe and we rebuilt Japan, uh, that gave us like a 10 to 15 year edge, right? And we were able to maintain that kind of distance. We've hit a point now with China and maybe even India coming up where <clears throat> we're kind of coasting on momentum. I believe the economy needs to get to where they recognize the thought worker. Hmm. That's where we have to go next. Totally. To where the thought worker needs to be reimbursed for ideas and mm-hmm. intellectual property because right now they're not. No. Well, yeah. People are, I mean, people. It's content creation is what you're talking about fundamentally. It's. But it's, original ideas. Yeah. Content creation. Yep. Exactly. I mean, right now the, that stuff gets ripped off, it gets reverse engineered. Yep. And th- people have no idea how much work goes into that. Oh, man. I mean, on. Uh, 
the Chinese government on a industrial level for the last 30 years or so has been all about industrial sabotage and stealing. I mean, sometimes to work over there as a company, right? you have to allow them access to your servers, to your mainframe, to the program and whatever software you have, you know? So basically in order to, that's what kills me is it's like, we're going to do that. Yeah, that sucks, but we're going to get this huge market. That's so short-sighted. I've been trying opinion. to figure this out for a while because, you know, I've noticed the, the shift of the white collar society mm-hmm. and at the same time, the uh, shipping of the jobs out of the uh, out of the uh, United States. Yeah. But but there, there there's also this uh, this this thought worker economy that exists and it needs to be addressed. And I, I think that's the next big issue. You know, we just had that uh, Robert McKaylee the editor of Bismarck's newspaper. Right, yeah. And he's talking about equitable wages. I mean, you know, these are these are progressive topics right now that exists out there because what's going on is a lot of the jobs are being reset. Yeah. And so they're going down to like low wages. Well, these kids have just been prepared to prepare their life for not that oh man the last decade or so of, of, of kids that have gone in through college and then come out on the other side i have no idea what they're doing could you imagine going to college and saying you should expect a hundred twenty thousand dollar a year job when you're done so you take out a quarter million dollars yeah. in debt yeah and now they're saying oh it's only 60 this is what, why i what? like junior college man yeah. oh well 60 is good pay yeah it is but i was prepared for this yeah i mean i get where they're coming from now oh totally i get we used to make fun of us when we would say things like that, but they didn't prepare us like that. No, no. And in fact, more and more, I'm coming to the, uh, the conclusion that really the, your best bet in a lot of cases is the trades, man. It is. Right now it is without a doubt, yeah. man. You become a welder, a pipe mm-hmm. fitter, an electrician. You can write your ticket. I'm, you know, I go up and down the highway here all the time. I'm doing back roads. All of these, these metal uh, facilities, all of these uh, refineries, all these welding companies that I see, man, they've all got signs up. You know, $22 an hour to start or up, depending on experience. It's just well, like here's plumbers, a- electricians, heating and cooling specialists, all that stuff. That's a, that's a great skill set. You know, I'm, I'm starting to get exposed to it, but I see that as actually the key to sustainable economy for me. Oh, we got some special papers. Well, that, you know... There. Sorry, I just wanted to do that because, uh, you know, we're redacting this email here, so I wanted to make sure. Are you going to eat it afterwards? Well, this this email, he makes a good point. Uh, the marketplace is no longer about merit or accomplished goals. It's about money and preservation of power, you know, so we're... Status quo. These types of, you know, we get these types of emails at studio at thecrudelife.com. Well, that's that's when we take out the swears and names and <laughs> everything else. Well, we took out the swears on the one. It was only three words. Right. <laughs> I mean, were you kidding and me? And one of them, I'm pretty sure, was a swear in like Swiss or, or Switzerland or something. <laughs> Swahili. Yeah, the Wunstaka. I don't know. Have we got one more? Or, uh, oh, man, I've always got more news for you. Yeah, in fact, you want to talk about there. Plug and Wells, right? Weren't we just talking about that? No, we talked about the Tinder date in the last segment. <laughs> so here we go. This is from CBS News. Plugging abandoned oil and gas wells could help save the environment and jobs. CBS News. So we're checking all the boxes here. Oh, wow. CBS News is getting into this. It's going to happen now, folks. That's like when grandma hears about it. It is estimated 
That's like the reverse of cool, right? They're, yeah, it's, so, that's about as yeah, that's it's, about as it's, lame it's as you cool get. Cool when you and your friends know about it, and then when the rest of the school knows about it, it's about the peak of cool. And then when the neighborhood and you know everyone else, it starts waning. When grandma knows, time to move on. But nowadays, grandma can know just as much as you, man. You'll have to ask your teenager. The cycle goes faster. It's been decades since I knew what cool was. So it's estimated there may be a few hundred thousand abandoned wells in Pennsylvania. Some, some located in the woods, along riverbanks. Some located in the woods. You think? <laughs> Pennsylvania? Go right, right to the environment. Yeah. Oh, along riverbanks. In people's yards totally. and even inside their homes. In I swear to toilet. God, it says that. It says that. These wells are left behind, orphaned to the state. After their owners, often oil and gas companies, go bankrupt or when the whales fall into disrepair. Sorry, I have to do this. This is absolutely hilarious. Well, that's why I just, when I read this, it's like, it's like darkness and there's, you know, some sort of evil looking eye. So once in state hands, it is the government's responsibility to plug the wells when they break. The EPA estimates there may be over 2 million abandoned wells across the nation. In early June, we followed Don Cornell of the Pennsylvania Department of Environmental Protection to an emergency call in the town of Bradford to plug a leaking well in someone's backyard. Did you say Don Corleone or did I make Don that up? Cornell? Okay, Don so Corleone. I, I made that up in yeah, my head. He brought okay. a cannoli. So this oil and old oil and gas well came in because the landowner had a complaint. He noticed that he had a puddle of oil in his backyard. Now that would kind of suck. Although depends on the price of oil. I think it's like seventy-five bucks. Right that now. is the one dessert i will always break any diet that i ever have puddle of oil is a nice italian coffee and a cannoli yeah that is oh my the, uh, the the only thing that might be better is a piece of authentic key lime pie. Oh! 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 On a day like today, oh, key lime pie. My cannoli just got canoodled. (laughs) I think think I just divorced you, cannoli. (laughs) (laughs) You just traded up, man. man. You sweat. What do you swipe right or swipe left? I don't know how these things work. Man, you can say words like cannoli and anyway. So what's going on? Cornell says that most of the wells that they deal with in Pennsylvania from the early 1900s. Yeah, go right back to the Ivy League for the buzzkill. Okay, what? What, is, current, the what current, does the Cornell say? No, no, this is the dude. The, his name is Cornell. Right. Right. He says that there's no current owner. The companies are long gone or went bankrupt. Um, so now you're dealing with, you know, 100 and some year old wells. So he says, I've been in this position for 11 years. And I'm still amazed what we come across where the wells are in streams in the river islands. There's wells there. They're just everywhere. No, it's, it's a great opportunity for the government to uh, have more control over the oil and gas companies. Well, they talk about the methane and that's what they're release doing. and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, this is, you know, again, this is that whole idea. It's the like government the, is directing them to transition out of business. Like teaching the Buggy whip guys, how to make wheels for the well, car. Well, that's what they're doing on a lot of these. Yeah. Well, because a lot of these oil, these oil and gas companies are going to need the work. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you can see as a win-win from one point of view, but yeah. I also see it as you're basically training your replacement, which is not going to be a replacement. I don't think they're being as transparent. Well, I don't think they understand ESG like they say they do. Do you think it's possible? I don't want to sound cynical. I'm pretty sure these administrators of ESG <laughs> do not quite understand ESG the way ESG is supposed to be understood, especially on the G of transparency. Right, and they if you had MSG right. or you dosed LSD, you wouldn't understand the ESG. So in President Biden's climate plan, he proposed $16 billion 
million to plug wells and clean up abandoned mines. And we're actually into G money now. Gay so money. far, this funding has survived and made it into the bipartisan infrastructure deal. I know. this. Is, well, everybody's on both yeah, sides. Kelly Armstrong on. introduced it. This reminds me of, and a lot of people that are younger than us won't remember this, but one of the reasons the government used to work is because we could disagree on the main bill, but you were going to go home with a new military base, and I was going to go home with whatever, help with the popcorn factory. Pork, remember? Yeah. Isn't it messed up that the government worked better when we had the extra pork stuffed in there? I still go by the fact that... I used to say that poor single mother down the street working three jobs yeah. does not need to keep giving Bill Gates five bucks for his new project, right? But now it's 20 bucks. Yeah. yeah I well, mean, five bucks is 20 bucks well, now. I mean, when you take a look at what's going on here, there isn't any more Ron Paul's left. Ron Paul? Son? No, no. Eh, I guess. You mean, or you're talking. Well, yeah. just somebody who wants to cut a budget. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Some, well, I don't know anybody who's trying to cut a budget anymore. I, I grew up very much in the Reagan years where you talked about budgets and you talked about deficits yeah. and you cared about these things. And I definitely remember the Republicans. That was the drum that they would beat quite often. And I could agree with them. You know, I'm not allowed to not, not float it, my stuff for months without paying it. Both sides are trying to figure out who can get more in the most mm-hmm. creative way. Well, because you, you, now you're going to have $16 billion, and it looks like it's going to actually pass with $16 billion. My question is, it's going to be a mad scrabble. Where's that money really going to end up going, right? Well, the same And people. it's all going to be about the message. Well, yeah. yeah. I know exactly what's going to happen. It's just going to go... Pfft. To like four or five companies, right? It's just, yeah, it's it's unreal. My buddy. Hmm. Well, here, let me cheer you up with one last story. I know we're coming up on the clock. Is here, it Bobby but... Bonilla Day? Oh, that was yesterday. No, that was yesterday. Yeah. Oh, that was a great one. I love Bobby Bonilla <laughs> me Day. Me too, man. Is he we getting his cool, what, million or something? Best contract ever. That's looking at the long term. That's what I'm saying. Every... That's friggin' looking at the long term. And I'm so glad the media and universities and everybody has picked up on just how brilliant Bobby Bonilla Day is, which is... He signed a contract that basically says that he gets a million dollars for like 30 years, right? Uh, or is it the rest of his life? No, or, it's not the rest of his life. But, but it's like, it was like 30 years. Yeah, he still got like 15 years or something on it. Totally. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, and it was like one of the greatest lottery but baseball contracts for a superstar. Well, and... You know, if you get a lot of money up front as a superstar, you're probably going to spend a lot of it. But if you get a little up front, you're going to be a little bit more smart with it, right? Do you remember Ricky Williams? Oh, yeah. And his agent, Master P? Oh, God. But the smart thing they did is they got the money up front and a signing bonus and didn't care about like the the other stuff. So then that was kind of a smart thing at the time. Was that what? uh, um, Was that? Was that? Was the Saints? Was that when Ditka yeah. gave it all away? Mm-hmm. I remember the, the was a Sports Illustrated cover with him in a wedding dress and Ditka yep. as the groom. Yeah, it was very different. Yeah, for, certainly for Ditka. Hadn't Jul- expected that. Coming. July 1st, Bobby Bonilla Day. It marks the day when New York Mets annually pay Bobby Bonilla $1.19 <laughs> million as part of a deferred payment arrangement until 2035. Damn. 
<laughs> How old is that guy now? Well, and his kids are going to get it right. afterwards. Yeah. So he was even thinking of his kids when he did this. It's brilliant. It is. It's and brilliant. And I'm sure he's had, you know, some some subsidized income coming in from, you know, like endorsements or something like that, you know, or he's worked on the board of a company. It's but it's that smart money every year. But when year. you think about it, instead of making $20 million one year, I'll tell you what, pay me $30 million over 30 years. Yeah. Because to, a, to a, a club owner, that's saving money. Don't they usually tell you if you win the lottery, you're supposed to take it as a big lump, yeah. right? Well, as if, opposed if, to, the, to reinvest. To yeah. the payouts. Yeah. 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 But, but I think that's the thing is if you or I got offered $20 million now or a little bit of money and then over 30 years, we'll get it. You and I'd probably be like, give me the money. I want oh, the money now. Great. Oh, I'd get it right now, but um, <laughs> Bobby Bonilla was looking at it differently because he was he was looking at the long term and good for him. Yeah, good for him Smart for doing guy, that. Man. So, uh, what was the fun one? Oh, okay. So yeah, we're talking about billionaires in space, man. Richard Branson is going to space just over a week before fellow billionaire Jeff. He's my Bezos. favorite billionaire. He is. Of I all love the, Richard Branson. I have his his entire collection of billionaire cards. So, Sir Richard Branson is heading to space. The 70-year-old founder of Virgin Galactic announced Thursday that he will travel to space as a mission specialist, which is another way of saying he's the boss. So, he just comes out of nowhere and yeah, says, I'm going uh, to space. I he waited until Bezos picked a date and committed to it. I Good love it. Him. So, he's going to go about his company's FSS Unity on July 11th. <laughs> With a big FU, yep. <laughs> beating Jeff Bezos' expedition into space by nine days. Branson now, is going up at a giant middle finger. Boom! <laughs> He'll be on a six-person crew on the Unity 22 mission, which is scheduled to take off for New Mexico ahead of Bezos' new Shepard rocket, which will depart on July 20th from Van Horn, Texas. So he's going to be going up there. Da, 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 I'd be da, da. curious to see how much subsidies went into each one of these. Um, because first of all, you got Branson. Yeah. Then you've got Bezos. Yeah. And then you got Musk. Yeah, Musk is wanting to shoot. And he's the probably the most subsidized one. Over the time, yeah. I mean, Tesla, right? We're talking about. Well, n- just everything. Ah. You know, well, he got a ton of money for Well, I just wonder if he was too. one of those cases like this old bar owner I knew, you know, that like he got the three banks in town to invest in them and they kept, they were so into him they had to keep going well that's what happened to amazon is that right. their investors were so into him they had to keep going. they had to keep going man branson is just the old-fashioned i don't remember how he made his money millionaire but i love it here's a quote from branson he says i truly believe that space belongs to all of us i'm assuming billionaires and unfortunately there's a lot of more billionaires out there than there should be i mean i don't begrudge anybody making money man but at some point i just got to wonder if i was that guy would i be thinking about a 30 million dollar space shot or would i be thinking maybe i could do something a little more productive with that money not give it away but come on have you ever seen brewster's million hell yeah so, folks, if, if you've never seen Brewster's Million, please go rent yeah. it. It's Stop fabulous. listening to us and okay. go right now. Uh, Monty Brewster, Richard Pryor, has to spend $30 million in 30 days. And back then, that was very difficult. And you cannot own any assets. And he can't tell None. anybody. And he can't tell anybody. Yeah. And he can only give a certain percentage, like 5 or 10% to charity. So he has this scene where he's like, I don't care how dumb your idea is. You yep. pitch it to me. I'm going to invest in Remember it. Remember the guy that's like, we're going to go up to the Arctic, drop a couple that's of diesel engines, and sail them to the Middle East. And so he's got this guy's got this like 
iceberg on wheels and this boat on wheels and he's going to drill some diesel engines into an iceberg and then bring it down to was it like Africa? Yeah. To to bring them clean. Bring them clean ice or bring them ice, right? (laughs) That's the one that made money, right? I think so. Well, yeah. He did a lot of illegal betting too. It's like the dumbest idea you've ever heard but the visual of this boat even puts a little flag flag on it. And it's like and it's it's just trailing this yeah. iceberg. That's what I'm thinking these rich billionaires are going to do with an asteroid. Why That's not? That's why they're going up to space. Right? They're going to like just put some wench and a hook into it and bring the sucker back. I think and these... I want to film when they come back into orbit oh, with that asteroid. Do you think that could possibly go wrong? It's going to be like a morning star just whipping around. Holy I think they are planning their escape, man. Oh, I don't think so. I think they're going up to mine minerals. You think so? Oh, I think this well, is mining expeditions more than anything. It should be. I th- Yeah, I, I don't really believe that they don't. Yeah. Before they can do any sort of life on Mars or life on or, or moon. We got to go back to the moon first. <laughs> moon. Moon. Boy, that was a weird sentence. <laughs> uh, before life. They, they have to find what, what kind of raw materials are there first. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they can't. What What are you? What are they, they're gonna build a Home Depot. Well, I mean, you can't just yeah. you can't just ship lumber to the moon. Yeah, and for the longest time, you're not going to be self-sustained. No That's what I'm saying. Not. So they they have to find rocks and yep. in in certain elements and periodic table things. That Period- they, yeah, that, sciencey stuff, right, man. They're gonna science well the hell out of that. Pay grade. Yeah. Well, that, isn't that what the uh, rover's doing? Is trying to figure that stuff out, right? I think there's some research going. They, they did find some stuff on the moon, you know, basically ways that they can process the, the sand, the, the regulate it's called, yeah. right? And they can turn that into like a concrete. Well, I know the water was a big deal for yeah, energy. Yeah, the water. That was energy. Yep, because you know, once you got hydrogen. water, you've got propulsion in space. Well, and then you can do hydrogen too. You, you do hydrogen, yeah. So you've got, you've got options. You've got cop shows, man. Well, man, that's about it for today. Yeah. I, I want to wrap her up. So, you got any legal fireworks or regular fireworks? You got no, any Saudi I, fireworks? Or no, what? there's no, there was no Saudi fireworks. But the beauty is, I can go across state lines. Actually, I live where you can buy the big old bazooka ones. Ooh, yeah. Are you guys gonna be blowing stuff up? We are gonna be blowing stuff up. Yep. Celebrating our independence by My blowing up a piece of it. Crazy uncle with his six hundred dollars worth of fireworks. Oh, that's right. You got the boom, crazy boom, uncle boom, coming. Boom. Is he, do, do he have the one that has, has like detonators or does he? No, nah, he just he sets up his little show. Okay. Yeah, it's all hand done, but it's extensive. It goes on for a half hour or so. Well, be safe, folks. Coming up have next, a good one. we've got Dwayne Ferris, Black Creek Canine Pipeline Inspections and the work card portion. That's going to do it today, folks. We'll check you out on social media on July 4, because today when you're listening, it's July 3. Bye-bye. See ya.
Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by American Directional Driller. Especially designed for the American Directional Driller to measure bottom hole assembly equipment up to 40 feet. As of release, this product is unmatched in the marketplace. This heavy-duty 40-foot tape measure has three measurement scales on an extra wide blade. Pick up this 40-foot tape measure at Amazon.com or be sure to check out their website, AmericanDirectionalDriller.com. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Wayne Ferris, Black Creek Canine Pipeline Leak Detection. Thank you for joining the program here today. It's a lovely day. In fact, we're recording the interview just a couple days before Independence Day, 4th of July, Honoring those that have served and those that are in the belief of American independence. Of course, I'm all about North American energy independence, but American would be ideal. But uh, hey, what the heck, when it comes to energies, we don't see borders. That's me, though. That's not others. There. How's that? I got political right out of the gate. I didn't, I didn't even mean to. I'm not even a political guy. So uh, how are you doing today, Mr. Dwayne Ferris? I'm doing very well, uh, Jason. Thank you again for having me back on and taking a few minutes just to kind of check in with uh, Black Creek Canine Pipeline Leak Detection, seeing what we've been doing this year and where we're going and kind of put the the word out there again to all these uh, operators for the energy and and go from there. You're military, aren't you? Yes, sir. I'm a former Marine, so served uh, eight years, uh, both active duty and active reserve. Uh, I was a military police officer, military working dog handler, so that's where I got my start. Explain that evolution a little bit. That way we can talk about your history at the same time. Oh, for sure. Um, Enlisted into the uh, United States Marine Corps in the year uh, 2000. Uh, Went to military working dog school in San Antonio, Texas. And upon completion from there, uh, I got a hard-duty station out there in Kaneohe Bay, Hawaii. Um, from there, just uh, became part of the team out there with the uh, military work and dog section and had the opportunity to uh, actually put a lot of that stuff into practice with uh, deployments to both uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and Africa. 
and uh, completed my active duty time from there. And once that was all completed, I still stayed in within the canine community doing overseas contracting for civilian private security companies, both back in Iraq and Afghanistan. And uh, from there, I was fortunate enough to be contacted by another private entity uh, canine company out of uh, Peru, Indiana with uh, Von Lit Kennels that gave an opportunity to do some combat tracking back overseas and worked for that company for a couple of years and then presented another opportunity to be a start up a um, multi-purpose canine um, unit with the uh, special forces group in Fort Lewis, Washington. And I was humbled to work along many warriors and great men and women with that organization out of Fort Lewis, Washington for about five years. And from there, had another opportunity to move into the uh, federal realm with the military working or with the working dog community with the uh, TSA canine uh, program. So within that, I was everything from a trainer to a coordinator and to a regional canine coordinator, basically managing and giving the needed resources and assets for the TSA canine uh, programs within the Pacific Northwest. And my good friend, Adam Black with Black Creek Canine Services, he relocated down here in Texas, um, oh, probably about, I think about seven, eight years ago. And he and I were discussing about possibilities about pipeline leak detection in 2015. And so the year went by in 2016, we started doing some more research and I was doing the same and we kind of put our heads together and I kind of made the decision to resign from federal service two years later in 2018 and go ahead and make that jump into the oil and natural gas industry, utilizing canines. Um, And that's what led me to go ahead and relocate back down here to Texas and create my own company, Black Creek Canine Pipeline Leak Detection, and get the word out there of what these capabilities of our canines can do to contribute to the oil and natural gas industry, specifically to finding leaks within pipelines, but also to get the mindset about utilizing dogs to find unknown leaks that they're not aware of, and also to be fit into kind of their inspection requirements throughout the year. And that's kind of what led us to where we are now uh, about three years later. So we're progressively growing and becoming more proficient in science-based and having more operators reach out to us for uh, the possibility of utilization. So hopefully that wasn't too much, but it's a little bit of a mouthful there. Quite a bit of history there. How do you guys differ from some of the, uh, I guess, optics and remote? And, you know, you mentioned you're more science-based now, so I imagine that that's kind of to prove some of the validity because that, of course, has been what a lot of the sensors have done in the past, whether it be optics or smart pigs or whatever. Right. And when it comes to canine, in the canine community, we we talk a lot about the lingos, about what aspect or what level canines can actually detect at. Um, With me collaborating with a lot of smarter people within the industry, uh, we were able to come up with different kinds of calculations that were actually um, proven to where the dogs are able to pick up certain chemicals, odorants, uh, gases, hydrocarbons on the parts per million and parts per billion. So 
the dogs that we have now, um, we have five. So we've gone from two to five dogs, and I have one in training. We are actually able to tell which dog and what calculation that they are proficient at. So those are kind of questions that we get by operators that ask, can they detect this? Can they detect X, Y, and Z? And if so, what is the parts per million that they're able to detect proficiently? And then that information we can pull also depending on what chemicals are getting or what uh, products are being transported in the pipeline. And to find out exactly at what PSI it's pushing and then ultimately affecting the parts per billion that it would be pushing through if there was a leak going on. Let's talk about the dogs themselves because I've been a very big proponent that I think just energy companies should hire you guys as PR. And, you know, I'm talking Super Bowl halftime ads and that type of thing because dogs connect. You know, there's a reason the crude life has a mascot called Frackleberry Hound. You know, the name Frackleberry <clears throat> Hound makes people smile. And it's one of the only times you actually see somebody smile with the word frack. So we ran with it and, and people like it and engages them in a new way. I, I believe that oil and gas companies really should look at your services, not only from the science side. Listen, you got all the reports and everything, and you can, you can science them up and down all day long. But my background is connecting with people, and I see how the dogs and humans connect. And right now, that's what oil and gas needs to do more than anything. Does that ever come up? Do you guys ever talk about that in meetings with these operators or, or amongst each other or anything? We do, but probably not on the scale that that you're talking about that I would love also to see happen uh, with the connection on it. Uh, for sure, they're always taking the limelight uh, during the discussion or the meeting. And everybody, of course, their attitudes increase. Um, the working environment, just everybody's got to come out and see. You know, you always hear about the comments, hey, I'm just coming here to see the dogs and what they can do. And it's amazing and everything. So I always kind of, I always put that out there. It, it doesn't cost us anything to come out and do a meet and greet. We could do demonstrations. Uh, we can actually do some invites out to different areas that uh, we're training. Because not only when we're deployed out to, let's say, you know, West Texas or Oklahoma or Louisiana, we'll try to put out an announcement that we're in the area. And then if anybody would like to come and at least see what's going on, if they could squeeze on some time or even a meeting. Um, we're always open to that, and that actually has led me to do more business this year because of those announcements and that kind of networking that, hey, dogs are in town, and if you'd like to come and see firsthand, come on out or at least schedule a little quick uh, see-by. So, yeah, I totally concur with that, and if uh, oil and natural gas operators out there or just people in the industry uh, would welcome that a little bit more i bet you a lot of people are going to take a lot more notice that what these dogs can do for everybody out there not only that give them a nice little feel good at the same time so all our dogs are social and believe me they would love to hang out and play and be petted too let's talk about the dogs a little bit because the, you know the training is pretty much you know specific to what you're looking for you know even like the cancer sniffing dogs they're you know, you got to search for a specific type of cancer because each tumor gives off a microscopic smell that, you know, these dogs can detect. So 
Uh, talk about that a little bit, how the, the, the science behind the dogs themselves and just the training. For sure. How we started out is we had a, a proprietary type of odorants, right? So operators have a loss of pressure. They can't find the leak where they utilize other methods. They've contact us. We'll show up and we do our, our injection process, which uh, varies deeply uh, depending on the environment and uh, the operator and what means they have. Um, and then from there, we started to get a lot of questions about products being transported in the lines different um, chemicals that are in the lines, uh, different products, like I said, at different PSIs, different varying uh, depths. And this is where they wanted to kind of see a show and tell, right? They know what dogs can do, obviously. Um, you can't go without five minutes talking about dogs and everybody understands what dogs can do in your conventional means. And I'll say conventional just because of what they're known, right? Search and rescue, biological explosives, narcotics, um, et cetera. But for some reason, when it comes to the oil and natural gas industry, there's a little bit of hesitation of what the dogs are able to uh, detect. So with that, I've done actually a quote-unquote kind of show-and-tells with products that they bring out, and that ranges anything from different uh, chemicals, odorants, and products being transported, and we set up our little demonstrations for them, and I've done videos and set up little private YouTube channels for them and send the results for them, and from that, that's when it sparks a whole different line of conversations about truly what these dogs will be able to do for them, um, especially when it, they can detect their particular product coming from uh, different locations. So it's been a very eye-opening experience for those individuals, for sure. Where are you seeing the work coming from? A lot in West Texas and uh, New Mexico right now. Permian? Yeah, uh, the Permian, yes, sir. Is yes, there... Sir. Is there any government work, by the way, uh, 811 or any of these uh, 311 and 411 and 9, not 911, but whatever these call ahead and check your pipeline uh, numbers are, I forget them, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. any, anything there with, with uh, working with those guys at all? Not specifically for that avenue, um, but we have been in conversation and like anything else, it's been a process. Um, with a natural gas company based here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, we had pitched some ideas because of the vehicles driving around residential areas, you know, checking their um, gas lines to see if there's any leaking going on, if there's regulators that needed to be updated or replaced that were put in the 1950s. So we have had conversations and some uh, demonstrations of what canines would be able to do on the ground and have actually um, more solid results with actually being sniffed uh, by canines. Um, and these are areas that are high, uh, are critical, right? You're talking about lines, you know, uh, threes and, and fours going through some heavily uh, densely populated neighborhoods and businesses that, you know, if anything would happen, then it'd be a, cast a catastrophic event that occurring. So utilizing dogs to walk down these alleys and check these lines that are owned by the operators uh, supplying the uh, natural gas to these residences and businesses. So, yes, we've done stuff like that, but not on a magnitude that I 
feel that it needs to be because it pulls into the safety of the public and the consumer. Um, and not only that, if we're able to get ahead of anything and prevent something from happening, uh, these fines that are that are going up for the federal civil uh, penalties that uh, FEMSA's increased are just, I mean, they're outrageous, yes, to the normal person when you look at them, but it definitely could save a lot of money for them, save loss of life, uh, destruction, and, and anything like that. So, yeah, we've done a little bit, but nothing to where it's really taken off. So there is great potential for that, and if anybody's listening and want to collaborate and go into further with it and what we've done in the past two years by all means give me a uh, give me a call because i would love to continue and pick this up with somebody willing wanting to do it so you're up in minnesota the other day what was going on up there yes sir well it was both a combination of personal and business so i have family up there in good old thief river falls so shout out um up there they live um out in the Goodrich area so a lot of uh uh, rural farming land, good people, good family up there. And at the same time, I was doing some network up there with an operator up there and, and see where we could fit in uh, with their pipelines that are going through the good old state of Minnesota. Um, we were I was kind of pulling some historics and some research for like the last, oh, I think it was around 15, 16 years for that operator up there, and they had quite a bit of spills. We're talking about, you know, almost 300 spills over that span. And not only that, just millions of gallons of crude. So with networking between your community leaders, your law enforcement, your pipeline, uh, pipeline operators, and the public, trying to put together some good uh, networking circles and do some more conversations. So... As with anything else, it turns into a conversation bit and kind of see what historics that we've done in our past performances and where it'd be able to fit for them. So I'm optimistic, uh, but like anything else, it seems like it takes a little bit of a time, and that's not on us because we're ready to deploy whenever they holler. So that was a, it was a good time. And in the same time, like I said, it was a, it was a personal uh, visit at the same time. So lots of uh, visiting and conversations and seeing lots of family and friends and um, some siblings and everything that are, are still up there. So it was a good time. It's always nice when you can get a little work in there too, to make the, Oh, for sure. Make, make, for make sure. the trip, you know, go a little bit easier on the pocketbook, huh? Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. It was great weather. Um, unfortunately, everybody wanted rain. Uh, it hadn't rained up there too much. And, and I totally understand for the farmers and, and whatnot with it. But, uh, Going from North Texas, where this is all we've had is just a just a astronomic, unnormal amount of rain during this summer, and then go up to uh, Minnesota where they were hoping for rain. So it made for a comical experience. I, w- I went down from uh, the Permian, North Texas, the like two days, one day after they got hit by that rain. So it was just mm-hmm. a steam bath, right, for a couple mm-hmm. days. And I'm like, oh, this is just like North Dakota, just like Minnesota. It's just steamy during the summer. Oh, for sure. All the time. Yep. But Well, um, what's what do you got going on the horizon? You know, I mean, we've got companies that are, you know, just starting to get out and take a look at next year and, ESG reports and, and all kinds of different environmental type thing. And I've been a big proponent that 
what you guys are doing can really help someone in the environmental uh, image. The envi- and, and, you know, you guys have the science to back up that whole side of it, too. But I always go from just the image side of things and everything. So um, what, are, what are you guys looking at for your message for next year? What, what do you want operators and people in the pipeline industry to know about what you guys are offering and what you can do for the industry, too? Yeah, for sure. So actually, um, that's what's led to a lot more of our business here. We've done um, approximately about 30 to 40 line inspections to date right now. Uh, We're actually on track to complete another 40 or 50 line inspections throughout the remainder of the summer and maybe get into the fall um, with it. But majority of these line inspections are coming from operators that are trying to get ahead of the different rulings that are coming out with the Pipes Act with uh, 2020. And with that, that's where I've pitched to where dogs can get out there and, and, and do these preventative maintenance or leak detection services um, in these highly uh, densely populated areas with these locations of two, three, and four. And those vary depending on how many buildings, how many persons, and X amount of feet, right, uh, going with that. And uh, two operators, they saw the need and for them because, one, we can walk through uh, these areas and have the dog sniff the uh, right away for the pipeline and alert them to anything that may be um, showing. And at the same time, they're not having to uh, stop the flow of the product. So they're not having to shut down any pipelines while this is going on which is a big appeal for them. So anytime you have to shut things down, obviously it, it turns into a very, how quick can things get done, right? Safely get this done, get it back operational, go from there. So the pitch and then demonstrations and the collaboration we've done so far is enabled that to, to happen. So that's what's been keeping us really busy from about mid, uh, probably about mid spring to, to date. And quite a bit of this is happening in uh, the Permian. And so that's where we're, we're turning and focusing our attention to right now to complete these line inspections that are required uh, per year for these operators. And at the same time, we're still getting those calls about uh, loss in pressure. They can't find the leaks or if they have a leak and have us out there and, and get things done. So it's, it's not for my perspective as a small business um because we also do other services for detection services um such as uh, contraband and firearms detection on different uh, uh, operator sites and drilling sites track sites etc cetera, etc cetera, that they have to go and do so we're averaging about five to seven line inspections per month on the reactive side meaning that companies have a loss in pressure they know there's a leak, they need to find it, and that's where we're coming in to um, find those for them. So that's it's it's really awesome to see that progression. Each year goes by, and, um, and we're getting a little bit more busier. But on a scale and a magnitude that this can go with other dog teams out there and other companies that are actually doing it, man, this can be a revolution. So it can be it can be up there the way it needs to be. What's the best way for people to contact you? Well, they can give me a shout on my website at bckaninservices.com. 
And my email is Dwayne at bckninservices.com. And if anybody is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, July 12th through the 14th, we are actually going to be an exhibitor at this year's Heart Energy Dub Permium and Eagle Ford Conference. We're actually going to be in booth 621. So as you come in that main entrance, we are going to be to the right. And not only that, but we'll probably have dogs greeting everybody as they come in and out to uh, direct them over there to get these conversations started. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. Daddy was a preacher. She was his wife. Just trying to make the world a little better, you know, shine a light. People started talking just to hear their own voice. Those people tried to accuse my father, said he made the wrong choice. Though it might be painful. Know the time will always tell. Those people have long since gone. My father never failed. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the earth crumbles under my feet, even when the ones I love turn around and crucify me. I won't ever ever let you down. I won't fall. I won't fall. I won't fall as long as you're around me. Even when the rain falls. Even when the flood starts rising. Even when the storm comes. I am washed by the water. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water. Even when the rain falls, even when the flood starts rising, even when the storm comes, I am washed by the water.
The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with the mayor of Midland, Texas, Patrick Payton. So when I retired from the pastorate, I started another business and traveled the country and consult businesses and everything. And so I'm leading a board of directors for this rescuing of women who are caught in trafficking. There's so many different ways you can take this conversation. But it, you know, we've joked about Vegas here for a little bit. Vegas has had to come to terms with its dark side. That's not mm-hmm. just rolling dice. Well, I was down there this weekend, actually, when we were talking, discussing that. There was a protest going on about tra- sex trafficking. Tons of people right in the middle of the strip. Mm-hmm. You know, real men don't buy women. Yeah. Stop the sex trafficking. Help. And I mean, just constant things. And I was like, wow, it's amazing what they're doing now in Vegas, that yeah. they're standing up for everything. Yeah, exactly. Well, and they've been forced to. Absolutely. And finally, they're waking up to it. And, and again, I think it's going to be leaders in our industry who understand that when we start churning away and man camps get filled up, this is... It's just the honest truth. Dudes are away from home. They're drinking too much. Drugs are too prevalent. And, and, and so they think that they can just start hitting up on waitresses or whatever the issue is and bartenders and all that. And, and things get dark. The reason ESG has exploded the way it has, and I'll say it from the political left, is because oil companies and conservatives who run companies have neglected their responsibility to talk about how we care for the environment, Mm -hmm. how we're socially responsible, and how our governance is not completely all-male country club. And so when you you ignore those things that you should have been paying attention to, it's going to come back and bite you in the backside until you pay attention to it. To listen to the full-length interview with the mayor of Midland, Texas, Patrick Payton, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to join our ever-growing army of social media enthusiasts. We have Facebook, Twitter, even LinkedIn and YouTube. Check out thecrudelife.com. From the staff at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out the industrial forest. Forest.com. That's the industrialforest.com. The Crude Life, the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas, and roughly another 500. 
500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It's an important part of what goes on in the state, and safety is is really important, obviously, to all of us. Absolutely. You know, the, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused. I mean, uh, the President Biden's administration, that this is Obama-Biden 2.0 plus. And the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. Welcome back to the Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. I am Sean Forbes with TeamForbes.com and OGDirectory.com. Jason Spies is my co-host today. I went out there on my first rig move, and I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of Americas. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing when I think sometimes it's just really ironic. I'll, I used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company? And you pull in an electric car. So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at Lighting. Our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com.